Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scales podcast. It is episode number 35, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Very well, very well. How are you guys? I'm good, thank you. Where do we uh, where do we find you, Simon? Are you are you still in the ostrich beer garden or no? No, no, just um, just in my living room today. Obviously, you can go out, but I've just stayed in. <laughs> well, on um, on Monday, I um, I was working a day shift, and then I was like, I, I was unsure what time I was going to finish. Like at one point, it looked like I'd get out by about eight, and me and Blinda were like, "Oh, we'll go for a drink." Because obviously it was the, the big day. But then it, it was like quarter to nine by the time I finished. So it was like it was like quarter past nine by the time I got home. And then we sort of walked around Presswich, but you couldn't get in anywhere at that stage. But then yesterday we were both, well, I, I'd worked an early, but then I had a quick power nap when I came home. We went into town. We just meandered around Northern Quarter, had a couple of drinks, had a bit of food. Got the tram, got off the tram at Heaton Park, went to the ostrich. Do, do you know when you go on the Joseph Holt website? I know you, you're not a fan of discussion, Ross. You're not a fan of Joseph Holt pubs. But the, the flagship pub is it's the Woodfall on the website. No, on the oh. on the website, the banner, the banner picture is the ostrich beer garden, which I'd never been into. Yeah. Well, it is a it is a massive beer garden. Yeah, well, it's sort of well suited for the for the current times. Yeah, yeah. If there was a pub that has ever suited to open just with an outside area in mind, yeah, that is it. Yeah. So, um, and and I'd never been in it, but, um, it, well, in the in the beer garden bit, but yeah. I mean, it's it, it it's like the inside is quite small, little little tucked away rooms, isn't it? And then the outside is a really it's basically you could stick a football pitch on there, couldn't you? Yeah, that's how big well, it is. When when you sent the message out, and, and and Ross, I think you you'd replied ostrich question mark, and I'd not seen any of the message because in work I was like, does he want to record the podcast in the ostrich in the ostrich? I was like, <laughs> I was like it's the first week and it'll be dark. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought is that what he wants to do? It's only when I obviously saw the picture afterwards, Simon, that you've been sat in the beer garden, um, Ross's. Um, incredible ability to know where anybody is in uh, <laughs> any beer garden. Any beer garden. Impressed with, which is my speciality. I went on mastermind. I just want picture rounds. <laughs> beer <laughs> garden benches. And I'll... <laughs> in the North Manchester area. <laughs> the only trouble I would say is, so we had a lovely time. I'd say, I think it's about a month too early for sitting outside in Manchester, I would say. Well, so on the Monday when they all open. I mean, obviously, Cheesy, you couldn't because you were in work, presumably. I was, yeah. Uh, I, like, went on a few walks just around the local area and drove... Oh, of course, you're off this week, yeah, aren't exactly. you? Yeah, so, exactly. So if I didn't have kids, it would have been prime. Let's get out. <laughs> uh, but I went on a few walks around the local area and drove round. So I saw quite a few pubs. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. It feels like a Friday or something. Like, it feels like a Saturday afternoon, like, the way everyone... <laughs> The amount of people just in pubs on a Monday, I thought, this is, there's no one needs to go into a pub that desperately, do they? Well, so yesterday, I mean, when we went to the ostrich, we were lucky to get a table. And 
I mean, it was rammed. <laughs> like, what time, what time go, did you go? Did you go like mid-afternoon like mid or like... By, by the time we got there, it must have been about half four-ish. But I was thinking, a normal Thursday afternoon in April. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd be confident you could get a seat at the, in the Austria. <laughs> yeah, but inside, you'd be confident that you're going to get... Yeah. You'd be confident. You'd be confident to get a room to yourself, I think. It's not like there's this, this many regulars that are suddenly to, coming in. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Is that, is that considering four, four days previous that it, that was just, it was snowing on Sunday and it felt like we woke up in January? <laughs> it was, yeah, I just thought, no one is this desperate to get to a Like, I, fair enough, it's this weekend. I can fully understand why they'd be absolutely rammed because it's your weekend again, isn't it? That's what people do. But yeah. the Monday, Monday dinner time, when... Beer gardens are full. I was like, it's a Monday. Who's <laughs> <laughs> got, oh, I can't wait for my big Monday day out. It's not a <laughs> sentence that really gets used, is it? Yeah. But that's, but one of the, um, one of the lads at work was, um, I think it was, it was, his, it was either his birthday on Sunday or his birthday on, birthday on Monday and they planned to go somewhere and um, they, they said that they got to town, they got to this part of town and he said there must have been about a thousand people in this, in, in this part of town. I can't remember where he said it was. But the police turned up a couple of times and kind of tried to move everybody on. I was like, well, I did a bar, I had a bar set for this place up. And he was like, well, kind of, but it just kind of all got a bit out of hand. So he said when the police came second time around, they, they just they just scarpered. But he said it was just, it was that thing of everybody woke up on Tuesday with a hangover thinking, oh, actually, I've gone out on a Monday night. I've not gone out on a Friday night. And I've now got to go to work, so... I wonder how many people... But, I mean, ultimately, I'm, you know, a lot of people have been going out, they've been getting drunk... They've been living living a life, but a lot of them they've they've got to this stage of the week with the same phone they started the week with. <laughs> <laughs> Who amongst us can't say that? Ross? Uh, that's an impressive feat, isn't it? <laughs> I, I can't say that. Well, I mean, technically, I've got the same phone. It's the same model. It may. <laughs> it's it's not the same one. It's just not got the history. Of the last one. Yeah. <laughs> And it was a very short history because I only got it at Christmas time as well. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, no. This is one of the big... So, so the story is, so whenever I have a bath... <laughs> and we talked about you having baths last week. Oh, well. sort of day, yeah. It's calm of that, Ross. And so I usually take electronic devices, which isn't the done thing, obviously, when you're having a bath. But normally I set the laptop up at the side of the bath on a stool. And that's for watching a video or something. And then obviously you've got your phone, haven't you? Just in it like for browsing Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all them kind of things. Um, and then what I've tended to do, because when what I've what I found when I'm having baths is that I suddenly get the most messages I've ever had. Like I go, I go the rest of the day, no one will text me, and then I'll get in the bath and my phone won't stop vibrating. So what I used to do, I used to put it on top. Uh, because my bath, like the windows next to it, so I used to put it on the windowsill. But then it'd just be a really awkward vibration going off all the time, and a bit of a stretch to reach it. So then, because where my head is, it's next to the sink. What I started doing was it's not sat in the bath now, is he? <laughs> oh, in the towel. Oh. Hello? So you put your phone... Yeah, yeah, so you have a towel on the side of the sink and you and then, press the yeah, phone yeah, on top of the towel. So then I wouldn't hear the vibrations as much, so that wouldn't annoy me if I was... 
It's like done that on purpose. Cliffhanger. I mean, what I've realised is clearly the signal in Rossi's bathroom is the best signal he's got in his house, and that's where he needs to be doing the podcast. <laughs> that's why he gets all his messages when he gets the yeah. bath. <laughs> he hasn't got any signal anywhere else. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Somebody's installed his route under his bath. I did, I, oh, he's back. There he oh, there is. He is. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, what I found is, I don't know if you got to this part, my hands were wet, needed to use the laptop, so I went to dry my hands. Oh, but then, no. normally, this, the way I put my phone, it's buried within the sink, but I must have tugged a bit hard on the towel, so the, the towel threw the phone into the bath. And then, you know, like normally when you drop something, you're quite, you're able to pick it up quite easily, aren't you? Well, it took me a good 30 <laughs> seconds to pick this phone up out of the bath. Like I was scooping it around. It's like, a, it's like a bath toy. I thought the kids were, would have loved this. <laughs> so eventually I got it out and I dried it off on the towel straight away quite quickly. And then the phone said to me, uh, seems to be some water in the USB port. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, like, I know where that's coming from. He said more info if you want more info on what to do. So I pressed the more info. And I'm thinking, the phone's still working at this point. I thought, oh, well, this is absolutely fine. He pressed the more info. He said, oh, just wait for it to dry. And then you can tell your phone that the, the, uh, the water's gone. It'd be absolutely fine. So I, I think I sent a message and then looked back at it 20 minutes later. Nothing, it was dead. So then I did the whole rice thing, blah, 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 didn't work. Give it overnight in rice, didn't work. I thought, well, I'm probably going to spend just as much to get it repaired as I am to, if they can repair it, to get a new phone. So I end up buying a new phone. So it's a £350 bath, basically. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Luckily, I got next day delivery on it, so I was only gone without a phone for a day. And it was all, and it, I mean, it is, it is a, a real. It really throws when you don't have a well, phone. Well, I'll tell you the it? worst thing was I got my second uh, jab for coronavirus the same day, and they send you an it. God, you yeah. So they send exactly. So they send you the they send you an email with a QR code for book for scanning. So obviously no phones. So I had to set class. I had to log on, try to remember my email password because no one remembers it until they once they've logged in, and then send all that to Claire. Then borrow Claire's phone, and yeah, it was yeah, it was a it was a it was a busy. And then you know what I did the next day? My week's been really hectic this week. I went from doing nothing last week. So that all happened on the Tuesday. The Wednesday I went for a thirty mile bike ride to Wigan. And then today, I've been to Eaton Park treetop nets and football training. I was going to say, were you testing that vaccine out with that old 30-mile bike ride just in <laughs> well, case? I didn't want to go. I still saw from the weekend playing football. I'd kind of put puppy dog eyes on and made out that something bad had happened if I didn't go with him. So I ended up going. He told me it'd be a 30-mile round trip. It was 30 miles just there. Oh, uh, We went to Hague Hall. Which is Wigan Way. 
So, it worth, Hay Carlton is worth a very, very to? nice place. Yeah, it's definitely worth a visit. They've got some nice, nice places to eat. They've got a bar on site that you can buy a pint and go for a walk around the park with. Well worth a trip. But really, no, Tom, yeah. you, just, you just wanted to get my, back. My drive out. <laughs> you wanted to get back on the bike and cycle 30 miles. Well, I've got Claire to come and pick me up. <laughs> All right. So okay. I felt quite bad that uh, the 33-year-old got his wife to come and pick him up and put his bike in the back of the car, whereas the 70-year-old had to then cycle another 20 miles home. So, anyway. So what is that place in Heaton Park like? The tree top net. So it's the kids loved it. I would say that the kids loved it, but I wouldn't like. So it's better than the lights. It's much better than the lights thing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's just it's just nets in the air with some slide with some rope slides that you can slide down. But I I remember I remember when we went climbing in Edinburgh. You were practically climbing across like on the ceiling. So if it's not. Is it the fact that it wasn't no, high enough? It's just, it's just nets. There's not a lot. Like once you bounced on the net for five minutes. Oh right, it's not real. It's over hour and fifty it. minutes to bounce on a net, basically. So <clears throat> unless you come up with a really good game to play, you're just doing the same thing over and over again. But it's basically it's a good time. It was enjoyable. Yeah. And it's great to see you got your confidence back. So you took a picture up there, didn't yeah. you? I thought you'd be just keeping your phone under lock and key. <laughs> you know, but... Well, I mean, Claire, Claire didn't take her phone up with her. And then, and then at the end of it, I had the cheek to say to me, did you get any good pictures, Ross? I thought, oh, yeah, well, you didn't, <laughs> did you? Miss safety first. <laughs> so, yeah, so busy all week, yeah. But no, it's a good, it's, it was... It's a bit expensive, £66 for the four of us for two hours. But it's not it's not that it's not that yeah, bad, I know, is but it? When, it, when it's just basically a, a big trampoline with a slide. Well yeah, yeah. That's the that's the thing. Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah. How was uh, how was the world of resale anyway, Cheezer? Um, like nothing I'd ever seen before in my life. Um, so I was saying to I was saying to Simon before you came on before it felt like Christmas Eve, Boxing Day, every bank holiday, Black Friday, all rolled into one. I've never ever ever experienced anything like that before in my in my life. Um, but it was it was all good. Um, I mean, everybody seemed quite happy to be out. There was no like there was no major dramas. The, the day passed off quite well, um, and the kind of the weeks kind of followed followed similar suit there's not been as many queues as, the, as there was on Monday but it's, it's still been it's still been relatively busy so um, and I think that's been the case everywhere I think I think there was the pretty big queues outside the Irondale on um, on Monday um, and pretty much everywhere so so yeah it feels it, I, I must admit when I was leaving yesterday I thought I really just had 96 days off or how many days it was that I just had off because it pretty much felt like that we I'd never really been off and that we'd been back for three days and it felt like three weeks um, but no, good. I think good to be back. It's going to take me a while to get used to to being back because today I was I was incredibly tired uh, with my day off. So I didn't really do I didn't really do an awful an awful lot today. It's going to take me a while to get back into the swing of things. So there'll be, be no DIY projects on days <laughs> off for quite a while yet. I don't think. 
Yeah. So what? I mean, we we're, we're doing a condensed show today, aren't we? So what? Let's 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 get into the sport yeah. quite quickly. What are we? So we we'll cover um, the Manchester team. So um, there was a big game on um, on Sunday. Um, so the weekend saw the reverse of the fixtures earlier on in the season when um, Aston Villa had beat Liverpool seven two and Tottenham had beaten United six one. Not our not our greatest weekend, um, but uh, much different this weekend. So we will talk about the United game. There's lots of incidents in the United game um, and the impact and the fallout from that, um, both uh, for United and for Spurs. Um, and then we will talk about Manchester City, who um, have broken the five-year hoodoo and have now made the uh, semi-finals of the of the Champions League, where they will play uh, PSG, who who knocked out favourites by Munich. So we'll talk about that. Um, lots of bar to talk about as well, um, as as there always is. Um, and if we've got any time at the end, we will um, we may be able to fit some cricket in, but I highly doubt it. Um, so we'll have a break and we'll come back um, and we will start with uh, Manchester United. Welcome back to the Three Third Mike One Third Scout podcast, and we will start um, with the Manchester United game at the weekend. So Sunday, uh, four o'clock. Um, so the second game of the season where uh, Mourinho came up against his old club, uh, Manchester United. How um, how did you feel the game panned out? You two. I think the best team won. I thought I thought we were better throughout. Really. You know, it was frustrating to go weren't one nil down, and uh, particularly after it come like straight after that disallowed goal, um, which was a bit controversial in itself. But it was just a sort of classic Mourinho team performance. They kind of, you know, they hope they tried to catch us out on the break, but didn't really offer much. And um, and yeah, and you know, United had a, a few moments of brilliance. Pogba played well. Mason Greenwood took his goal well at the end. And, you know, a, a good pleasing win. And uh, United sort of kick on, and you know you feel sort of pretty confident we'll we'll lock in that second position, really. Yeah, I tell you, this was the first game in like because obviously every game's on TV now, so you can watch most of everything that goes on. But this was the first United game in ages where I'd actually like I was shouting at the TV and swearing, which I shouldn't have been in front of the kids. But like it, it actually one of the games that got me going, and I think that was probably all down to the. Uh, this large United goal, and like it, it really like struck a chord with me that it felt like we'd been cheated at that point. So then, I, everything Sun did, I hated, and the fact that he scored the goal for Tottenham really, really riled me up. And then I, ju- I just thought United at the end of the first half after Tottenham had scored in the golden disallowed, I thought we looked like we could lose this here because we got all got a bit touchy and a bit. Everyone was getting a bit heated and jumping in circles that maybe they shouldn't do or get, everything was getting a bit better. But then half-time came for us. And then second half performance, I thought, we've not played this well for quite a while, to be honest. We absolutely... Obviously, Spurs did what Spurs do and they, they sat back and did that. But which, for a United team that struggled for 18 times to do that, could have been the worst worst thing in the world for us. But we absolutely tore them apart. And I thought, it was one of the best games we played for a long time, really. I was a bit um, I must admit I was a little bit um, I couldn't really decide what I wanted out of the game um, like I said at the end obviously when, when United when United won the fact that Spurs have dropped points again this weekend and they, they play um, they play Everton on, on Friday night I was like well 
one of those teams is going to have to drop points again. Um, hopefully it's Everton. So it's like, I, I did, I really want United to win. Because um, I think, I know, because we, we talked about, like, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, I've been like, United, United will finish second. It's not, it, that's not much of an issue. But I think if that, if the game hadn't gone, if Tottenham would have won on Sunday, I think there would have only been like five points between Chelsea, because of the way that the results have run recently between Chelsea and United. And I'm not saying that United are going to drop five points before the end of the season, but like from what you two said before, you just want to kind of know it's, it's done and dusted. And the thing with um, the Leicester game, I was like, well, do, a, do, you, do you kind of hedge your bets where Tottenham kind of get cut adrift now or do you try and get as many teams in as possible? Because I think there wouldn't have been eight points between eighth and second. And I was like, well, anything can happen at the end of the season. Everybody's playing one another. Um, United have obviously got a, a massive lead and you wouldn't expect anything to happen. But the other flip side of that is I, would, I don't want City to win the league by more than 19 points. So I was actually glad that you probably won in the end. So, um, I just... well, so were, you, were you watching? What did you make of Pogba? Me? Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it. I was. I was. It was probably the first game, the first non-Liverpool game that I'd followed since for, for a long time. And with you guys messaging and stuff, what had happened with the Son thing, um, I was just. Um, but for, I think from what everybody said, Pogba played really well. Still remnants of old Pogba where I think you said in the chance that he had at the beginning of the second half or the, the end of the first half where he tried to back heel it into the net and if he just stood still and put his foot through it he probably would have he probably would have scored whereas if you would have ended up drawing the game that's something that you can't or lost the game you kind of think well actually you just you put the ball in the net and worry about faffing about later on when you're 2-3-0 up so um, but yeah I mean he's seems to be sitting in fitting in United, United just seems to have a really settled team and I suppose that's one of the benefits of um, of keeping players fit and playing the same team over and over again. And um, it, United just seem to know the way to play to win games. The, going back to the Brighton game, obviously, how many t- how many times this this season have United fallen behind, even one or two goals, and uh, and still come out with a victory at the end of the game? So, yeah, Ross, how, how frustrating do you find the way United only seem to start playing well in the second half? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it is frustrating. Uh but I I think I messaged during the week like when the game was on saying like although it is frustrating, you do kind of find it in a kind of reassuring way that if we do go one nil down that you think, well, we will start playing better. Like in a in a like trying to take the positive from it, no matter how crap we start, you think, well, we normally get better as opposed to I'd rather it be that way round and we grew into a game than we started off amazing the first 15 minutes then it was down, like, knowing if we didn't do anything that's first 15, then it'd be downhill. So, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you change that. I mean, everyone's everyone's just as puzzled as everyone else, isn't it? Because no one knows whether to actually slag United off for, for being this way or to actually ultimately praise them for the fact that they can go 1-0 down and, and turn it round to get this many wins. I don't know. What, do what do you think, Simon? I think it is frustrating and I think it is going to sort of come back and bite us at some point and I think I kind of blame Ollie. I think it's sort of something he needs to be like why why aren't they going out and like I just don't understand why why they have to wait until they've had a half-time bollocking before they start I mean does he need to just bollock them pre-match I don't understand why I mean if it so if it's like, football manager it. you've got to choose your tone of your <laughs> Your pre-match team talk. What are you? 
what are you choosing? Well, at least uh, a search. Straight away. Yeah, start, that's my base <laughs> level is assertive, yeah. <laughs> I want them to, to respect me, yeah. Not there to be liked. They don't be calm. Maybe he's going to be calm yeah. pretty much. I mean, maybe he's just not feeding them. What, what? Well, I mean, his son's come out and, and categorically put that one to bed, hasn't he, that said that he does actually get food. But, I mean, is, is this something that affects your the parenting technique of you two? What, no food? What a lack of food. Ne- no food. If, if, if your child goes down to eat... I've never actually threatened no food yet, but, I mean, c- considering the way <laughs> my child reacted when I told him I was taking his tablet off him tonight, and that seemed to have no effect, maybe food's the next one I should consider taking off him. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I, I'd rather... Have it. I'd rather have Jose as my dad than Ollie. That's what there was a great uh, there was a great TikTok going out that um, when it said about Ollie was saying about oh his son would get no food, <laughs> but then it turns to like Marcus Rashford reacting with like a, a very shocked surprise. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't, I, look, I, I mean, go on. The, the, I was going to say the other thing that came out of the game, and obviously we're talking about United. Um, if it had gone the other way to United and they hadn't finished in um, like second to eighth, only it being eight points. So all of a sudden, the talk of United winning the league has, has resurfaced again. I think, what is it, the same position that City were in? Is it in 2000, 2014 yeah, or whenever it was? Six games left and eight points. Isn't that the... the, the oh, no, some, eight po- six games and eight points, is it? It's six games yeah, and eight uh, points, yeah. Well, United have got a game in hand. Yeah, oh, there's the game in hand, yeah. I mean, jokingly, I said, oh, th- this could be on. But, I mean, I don't know. You don't expect them to, do you, really? No, I think it's I think it's six games. I think it's United have got... You're 11 points behind, but if you win the game in hand, I'm not quite sure if it's against or when you play it. But I think it does go to six, uh, eight, eight points. And, and then if somebody was like, well, all it needs is the, the City will get beat and dropped. I don't know, dropped four points or lose two games and uh, and draw and um I can't remember I can't remember who City are playing but I know they've got they've got some, they've, they've not got some easy games but I think they, somebody had them drawing away at Brighton I'm like I don't I can't see much to City drawing away at Brighton regardless of what I mean, the, the wheels would really have to come off for City you, you can't see it happening, I mean the but... only the only way I could see it I mean not that I do think it will happen let's just, but the only way I could see it is the fact that they have to concentrate so much on like the Champions League semi-final and uh, you've got the FA Cup semi-final coming up and then obviously the League Cup's coming up that maybe they do they do think they've got such a healthy lead that they detract from their attention and they, they give a few I mean who, who expects them to get beat to 10-man leads yeah well they dropped players De Bruyne didn't play did he um, I can't remember who else did, did uh, Nathan Ake played in in defence so they played the what fourth choice centre, centre-back so They'd made changes and it obviously not worked and kind of almost ready to leave his hands. Completely about Nathan Aki. I think he'd been injured. I think he was injured. Forty million. Yeah, he got injured straight away. Yeah, you still think it's a strange signing, though, don't you? Well, I mean, I mean, for Bournemouth, he was never he was never that bad of a centre half. And you thought any any player that's played any player that's played a decent amount of games in the Premier League is and is still quite young is probably going to end up going for. Relatively big-ish money, but I mean, you think about it, it's only ten million less than John Stones. I know it's taken John Stones a while to get to the level that he's at, but 
don't know. It's just it just seemed a bit of a a bit of a strange a bit of a strange one. But yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure who City play this week. I know they've got to play. They've, they've got to play. They've got to play some teams. I think are fine at the bottom, and it's it's, it's ultimately what happens. But like you said, it would take something pretty. I mean, I can't believe that United were eight points clear with six games left and didn't win the league. I, I just that's just I, it's happened once, I suppose. So it, it, it could happen again. You would have thought that any team would have been in that scenario. Well, just, so just what I was yeah. talking about, City. Now, obviously, they're in the semi-finals of the Champions League and they're in the League Cup final and they've got the semi-final of the FA Cup and that many points clear in the Premier League. Do we now think that they could do the quadruple? And Simon, out of, if, they, if they had to lose one cup, which one would you want them to lose? Uh, Champions League. I don't want City to win the Champions League. Yeah. <clears throat> But I, I do think I think it's their best chance ever to win the Champions League. I mean, it's really opened up for them, particularly now Bayern have been knocked out. You know, I think they were probably the best side when you were looking at it on paper, and now it's I think it's a real big opportunity for them. It's a, they play they play Madrid, don't they? No, they play and PSG. They play PSG. Sorry, yeah, they play. Yeah. Um, ultimately, probably yeah. what the final, what the, what the what the final will probably what uh, that's that half of the draw. With all greatest respect to Dortmund in their league position, you kind of thought that the team that's on that side of the draw will ultimately probably end up going winning. You would have thought it would have been City and, and Munich, but PSG played really well, I think, over the over the over the two legs. Well, yeah, the, the power of a good manager, isn't it? <laughs> you you, uh, you Spurs fan. <laughs> Mauricio <laughs> Pochettino is the guy, isn't he? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think it's re- yeah, it's a massive opportunity for him. PSG started their Champions League campaign by losing against us. I mean, they're not they're not unbeatable. Uh, a lot of it depending on you know. I think that you know they could do. They need Neymar to be fit. I think their their history of in knockout stage when he's not been there has been pretty poor. When's his birthday, um, by the way? But yeah, that's always. Oh, that must have been and I gone now. Been... I think, yeah, I think it has been and gone. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's the the uh, the oil, the oil derby. Yeah, just be, I just think it'd be interesting. I, I've got a sneaking suspicion they'll lose the semi final against Chelsea. Madrid. No, City. The FA Cup semi final. Oh, I've got a feeling that with the league, they'll win. It, it, I mean, it could very well be the Champions League final. Well, possibly, but I don't think they'll lose that one. I think they'll lose it. I, I, I think I, I've got a suspicion they'll win the Champions League, they'll win the Premier League, and they'll win the League Cup. Which would not, I wouldn't be happy with, but I would be happy with that it's not as good a treble as what United won. That, that's my yeah. only kind of. I'd be happy if that happened scenario. But, yeah. I mean, I, if they don't win the Champions League for me, I think it'd be a real hammer blow because I just I can't see how you're going to get a better chance. I mean, it's just it's just opened up so well. And, um, you know, teams will just be stronger again next season. So I think it's a real massive opportunity for Guardiola to win the Champions League. You know, it would be, it'll be the first time he's won it without Lionel Messi. He never won it at Bayern Munich. Um, so yeah, but I mean, obviously, I wouldn't rule out him overthinking it and playing well 
some bizarre formation against PSG in the semi-final. Well, surely the last team he'd want to be playing is PSG. Because obviously, I mean, Pochettino played against Guardiola in for Spurs when they knocked him out of the Champions League. I mean, if it was a normal PSG with with Tuchel or whoever it is that's been manager of, of PSG recently, then that would have obviously been a would have felt like a dream for um, City. But I mean, now now that he's, Pochettino's been there for what is it, just over six months, they just seem to be. I wouldn't have thought that they would have played that well against Bayern Munich over two legs. They must have outplayed Bayern Munich over two legs to get through. I mean, I know they got through an away goal. But, I mean, um, to me, the whole thing with PSG City is just Mbappe, John Stones seems a mismatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you say it like that, uh, uh, there must be, there, there will be an opportunity for Mbappe at some point during the game. Uh, I mean, and then it's just how clinical he is, I think. I mean, that was exactly the same against Bayern Munich, wasn't it? Bayern pretty much had all the ball, but then PSG took the chances because they had Mbappe and Neymar, really. So, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, you've got to think it would have been a different prospect by Munich with Lewandowski as opposed to by Munich with Chupo Moting playing against PSG. It's quite a step. It's quite a step and down. Would, and I would have to say, I mean in the likelihood, obviously, that... Or, however, if City do manage to get through PSG, I would hope that they would have to play um, Madrid, who I was um, probably naively quite happy to get in the um, in the, in the round of the last eight when we didn't get Porto. Um, and they were def- they, they ex- they, just the experience they've got in, in, in the team, just in that midfield, was just... They would, it was, it'll, take, it'll take some beating to get through them. With with the way that they're with the way that they're set up without probably any of their back, current backline who will likely be back for the um, the semi finals they'll, they'll still have to get through Zidane and Madrid Ronaldo won over Ronaldo so I don't know obviously we would like to have got there but it wasn't to be didn't play well enough anyway we we mentioned VAR anyway, go on oh, sorry, so let's take it back to the United game which we mentioned. And obviously, United had a goal disallowed, Simon. Did you think that was legitimately disallowed? I I wasn't as outraged about it as some other people. I thought it was harsh to disallow it. And obviously, pre-VAR, it wouldn't have been disallowed. And actually, there was quite a few really similar incidents in about five, five to ten minutes before that happened, where the ref had sort of decided to play on. And, and you know... You know McTominay was just trying to brush him off. If anything, Son was trying to foul McTominay. And then, you know, he's gone down. And then the slow motion replay really was harsh on McTominay. One of them where he thought you need, the ref needs to be shown it in real time. Um, because in slow motion, it looked terrible. But actually, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, yeah. Well, what was your. Uh, was your I view was. Yeah, I was well, because, like you said, I agree with what you. I thought so, to me, Son grabs McTominay's arm in an attempt to foul him, doesn't grab it properly, and then that almost kind of McTominay, in an attempt to get Son off him, flicks back and catches Son, and then Son goes down and does two rolls and stays down, which I think then makes it worse again. If Son, if Son just holds his face, they don't go back for VAR at all, do they? in my opinion. And then, like you say, I mean, um, for the third goal, for Mason Greenwood's goal, 
there's a clip going around where because Popper texts it round someone, but he then holds off Eric Dyer and puts a hand in Dyer's face, but Dyer stays up and there's no VAR review and nothing. It's it's completely legitimate goal. So it just really annoyed me the fact that it just looks like you go down and you get a you get a VAR review and as soon as you go to it goes to the monitors, that's it. It's you know it's gonna it's only gonna go one way really. So I just I just don't understand what and I'm all for VAR and even the offside thing doesn't really annoy me that much because I think that's a that's a black and white decision. If you can put the lines on it and go, well it's done and I know there's a case this weekend which we'll go on to. But it's these subjective ones where I just think I don't know what if the referee didn't see anything wrong at the time on the pitch. Why are you sending it back? Like, should, there should be some kind of like umpires call, which there is in cricket. Like, that kind of goes well. We can't see anything. We'll go with the on-field decision. Kind. Of, I don't know. I don't know. I think the difficulty is. I think you're. I think you're right. When you sometimes like that, you think about how many times that happens in the pitch. Obviously, players running at full pelt and. Um, catch players in in the face or if they're turning around and the players go down like 50 times 50 percent of the time it gets given 50 percent of the time it doesn't and you kind of think there is sometimes you think well what a difference is that one to that one and I think what they came out and said it was it half time or full time that McTominay time was in an unnatural position because he was trying to fend off um because he was trying to fend off um um son so that's the reason why his hand was in an unnatural position because he was trying to get somebody off him Ultimately, that ended up with McTominay caught Son in the face. I think the difficulty but it was how was how long. I think somebody said I didn't see, but was Son down for three minutes or something like that? He was on. He, was he down stayed for ages. down a while. My other my other thing annoyance with it was the fact that it was literally the first, like because Son was down. That wasn't why the goal went in either. Like the pass went was was played across, and then there was other things that happened which. Like that—that that wasn't the reason why Son getting hit in the face wasn't the reason why that goal happened. But but do you think if Son had got back on his feet, they would have gone back and reviewed? No, him? no, I, I he, like instantly leaped no. back to his feet before no, I the goal had I gone think, in. I think the fact so, he stayed down, I think he's 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 cheated. So would you would you tell him if you were Jose? Would you tell him to do well, it again in the that's future? Basically, what you're being told, isn't it, by VAR? You you feel a touch in the face, you go down and stay down until that passenger play's finished, and then. Well, that's no different than oh, I've got a, I've got a touch. I'm going down for a penalty. That's no different. That's no different than any anywhere around the the. And there's been enough cases of of teams doing. It's no different than Harry Kane backing in, backing into players to win fouls when it's Kane that's initiating the contact in the first place. Oh. Players will do. Players will do that all, all, I agree, all over. I agree, but the then place. there was a thing with Troy Dean this week where he, he said that he, he said referees told them that you've got to go down if you want something. Well, yeah, because there's been well, that, the, that's the dire thing, like sewn up, and that's the reason why so many players. I mean, what, what was it, Pogba and Shaw? Earlier on in the season, when Pogba said he, he like he told Shaw you need to go over, yeah, yeah, it's it's just that's just the way. There's no like if you stay on your feet. I mean, a foul's a foul. Whether you stay on your feet or not, you can tell if somebody's tried to knock you over. Similar to the international clip that you showed earlier on with Sweden and Northern Ireland, Simon. Which if you've not seen that yet from the <laughs> football game, it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I, a foul's a foul. Whether you if you go to kick somebody and they go down and it's a foul but you go to kick somebody and they don't go down and it's not a foul I mean how, I mean, how does that work 
it's still a foul at the end of the day. You just manage to stay on your. You just manage to stay on the on your feet, or, they, or they've missed you. The, the yeah, look, I'm not anti VAR, and I think overall it's a, it's a good thing. But I just think you, all you all you essentially do with VAR is, is is just adding extra human interpretation into the mix, as opposed to taking things like taking the yeah I, that would have been like. That would have been a good one for him to be like, oh, was it a clear and yeah. obvious error? No. And, you know, it wasn't a clear and obvious error, was it? His initial decision was we were going to play on. Yeah, you know, and if like, that would have came stand. out in the when the PGMOL or whatever it's called, when they when they clarified decisions afterwards, if they said, look, it, it wasn't clear and obvious, then people would, that, that would be people starting to get on side with VAR. But the, I mean, there's a lot of hate with VAR for exactly them kind of decisions where it just seems like, that is such like the touch didn't even seem that great. I think like it. No, I just would like yeah. he grazed his face, but he would be the first player to go down clutching his face when somebody's grazed the face or accidentally turned in the shoulders at the at the chin. It's just it's just one of the things. Normally, happens in the middle of the pitch, and it, it, you almost create a chance from it. Whereas on this time, United go and, and, and score a Look, goal. And normally, and... I, I don't go off the pundits' reaction when they all go, like, how, like when they talk about the offside, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think, like, look, offside's offside. Like, you, it's black and white. You're either onside or you're offside. There's no two ways about it. But when all of them, for a, like that kind of decision, and they were all basically saying, like, you are, touch, you are putting your hands out, you are touching and feeling where players are, and you do occasionally catch people. And they were all outraged that it, I think that, that says everything about that decision. But then, like, say, even the offside when he was in the West Brom game, they put the uh, did they put the lines on the wrong person's feet? Yeah, they put the lines on the player behind the player that scored the goal. So the player that scored the goal, I believe, was onside, uh, and the player behind him who was stood, um, I think, about five, maybe about two or three yards behind him. They were the the lines were put on him, and he didn't. He wasn't well. He wasn't interfering with play. He was kind of at the at the, at the back of the action, and the player that scored. Um, scored a legitimate goal. You could definitely tell he was onside from where um, I think the the line on the Southampton player had, had been put. And similar to last season, you think if that if that was a, a nil nil draw or a, a one nil um, win for Southampton, it, that that could have ended up relegating West Brom. I mean, I mean, it's not been spoken about as much because West Brom ran out three nil winners. But if you think about it, if that had had a, 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 an an implication on points, West West Brom could have potentially got in that game. Then it's. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely not great, and there doesn't seem to be. I mean, there just seem doesn't seem to be any appeal. Or, I mean, it's one of them things. It's like the referee's decision. The referee's decision is final, but I don't know. I almost feel like when the referees, when when the when a decision's being made, then why isn't the referee looking at the looking at it as well? I don't, that's the bit that I don't understand. When the referee when stood about doing like in the middle of the pitch for two minutes, why isn't the referee just at the monitor watching it as well so he can get a better judge of what's and rather than it's just being left to the, to the to the guy upstairs to ultimately say you just need to go and watch watch the screen because that was i mean one of the one of the offsides the, I mean, the offside in the Liverpool game at the begin, at the end of the first half where it was almost like you needed um the snickometer to see whether or not that um the, the villa left back had touched it and then it was all arms and um legs from right across the pitch and you would you, you couldn't you couldn't say for sure that can't remember what said, whether it was Tyrone Mings's arm or top of his arm or the where the, where the line was positioned. It was like, is that definitely where is that definitely the edge of his elbow or the edge of his, the back of his leg or wherever it needs to be? And it was, I mean, it was it was millimeters 
for the decision to be to to, to be overturned. And again, it's one of those things that doesn't really make any difference at the end of the day because the result was the result was the result and it didn't it didn't affect it. But that's the bit that I think everybody's getting a bit annoyed with 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 offside is that for for years offside was level and if you if you didn't be offside with your arm then or if you're just not offside if you're leaning forward and you, your arm's offside because you put your arm up but your feet and your legs are a yard behind you and your feet and your legs are on side then Simon. I don't know but I don't know how you I don't know how you'd sort that out in a game do you so. think obviously coming towards the end of the first season of VAR do you think the Premier League has actually learned anything about its usage of VAR and anything will change next season or do you think there'll be no, surely, surely it's the second. Did we not have it last season? Uh, didn't we have it? Didn't we have it in the cup? Didn't we have it in some of the cups? It was trialed in the cups and then it was done from the first game, I think. Because um, they refused it. Because when they had um, Project Restart, but in that first game when um, Sheffield United or Aston Villa, uh, whoever it was, had that goal. Dis- didn't have it disallowed, even though it had gone. O- it hadn't gone over. I can't remember what had happened now. And um, and. The goal line technology hadn't worked, and they refused to oh, use well, VAR okay. because they don't normally use it. it. Not maybe it did then. Well, well, do you think then, based on, do you think they're going to change anything or? Um, I'm not sure because I feel like there is quite a large sample size now, isn't there? You know, because obviously it's not just us doing it. You know, they're doing it across Europe, doing it in major tournaments. It feels like fairly settled. I'm not sure what the. Well, it's already it's already adapted, hasn't it? With the offside, because earlier on in the season, everything was it everything was everything was offside. Looked like the bottom was it the bottom of your arm or your elbow? Now it's yeah, and everything, everything was handball at one stage, wasn't it? There were was yeah. so many penalties for handball at one stage. Yeah, so I think it'll probably carry on just being like minor adjust, adjustments rather than sort of a a major thing. I think it'd be these tiny adjustments based on. Like you say, the feeling of like people are getting pissed off with the handball situation, weren't they? So that's why that changed. I think they'll just do it based on that. What annoys me is that, well, that's that's strictly then not a fair even playing ground, is it, over the season? Because lots of handballs that were given at the start of the season aren't being given towards the end of the season. So then yeah. you, you, you benefit in early doors if you've got a lot of handballs as opposed to later on, which annoys me. So what you mean, what, you mean, you mean like this? You mean like the offside at the, at the end of the Merseyside derby, which if it was now would have been onside? Well, that one doesn't annoy me, but no. But what I'm saying, yeah. But what annoys me, what what I would like them to do is go. This is it for the season, and yeah, there might be some issues with it, but we're going to stick. That is the fair playing ground for the season, and then at the end of the season, there might be. A, we'll do a review and go right. Okay, well we're changing it based on this, and then at least everything's equal for the season. And that's what annoys me. That's what annoys me. It's the, it's the mid-season changes where something goes, yeah, that's that's a penalty. And then, no, that's not a penalty. The, off, the offside's changed as well, hasn't it, from the City game when one of the, was it one of the City players came back from a maximum offside situation as soon as they touched the ball. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like being onside and that total change. So, yeah, I think I think it, does, it doesn't help when... There's obviously a glaring error, and in, in, and obviously once the errors occurred, that, that we change, and I get that. Obviously, if you make a mistake, then obviously you don't want to make the same mistake again. But it just does feel like that. How, how on earth that mistake's been made in the first place, and it's not been as I thought about all that. I mean, for me, or... it seems to be that VAR was there to go, like to be cut and dry, like and go 
very black and white. No, that is that isn't a foul. Like that is that isn't a foul. Whereas I just think all we're doing is we're opening everything up to more and more interpretation about what's going on, as opposed to clearing anything up. There's more and more talk about the VAR decisions because they're based on someone's opinion. And, and again, I don't think that's VAR's fault. I think it's the rules' fault. But then the rules need sorting out. So if the rules out there for us to actually implement VAR, well then. Not saying scrap VAR, but let's put it on the back burner until we've got the actual laws of the game sorted that can accommodate VAR actually looking at them. But that's not going to happen. They, they don't. They don't. They don't have. The, I, they keep hearing this phrase. They don't have the lines in Europe, so they don't. When it's offside, they don't put the. They don't put the lines up. I mean, I, what, I don't. I don't understand what the whole point of VAR is in Europe if you don't have the lines up. I mean, the lines aren't great, but. It doesn't. It doesn't make any. It doesn't. It doesn't make it any easier. I suppose. I suppose it would mean you'd have to just take a view on whether or not it was clear. Like only if it was an obvious mistake would it be. Like when you would just wouldn't be able to judge on those minuscule ones, would you? So you'd have to just go with a goal. I guess because that that would give the obviously the advantage to back to the to the attacker again, which is level or whatever whatever level was or wasn't before. But it just feels like we've talked more about offsides now than probably we ever did. We ever did before, and now it's supposed to be made as as easy as physically possible for us to be able to see it. But I suppose when you so what my th- I reckon in the future we'll move to some sort of thing where all the players will have some kind of chip on them or like something in their shirt, like some point in their shirt where they've all got a chip on them, and then. Just instantly, we'll get told whether or not he's offside. When and like, similar to like, it'll, it'll, it'll sort of the ball across the line. Yeah, like, like, like you know, so offside will be judged on you know this chip that's like placed yeah, but then on their chest be or that, would you? Because it's one hundred percent accurate. No, no, I'm, or it would be. Well, that's why, that's why it's a good <laughs> idea because I've come up with it. I've, I've, that's a, that's a, it's an original Simon Man idea. <laughs> And the other thing, the other thing with the offside is as well that it's only going to it's, it's going to take somebody to be seriously injured, <clears throat> where when the as the linesman keeps his flag down or the linesman keeps his flag down, they carry on playing in a situation where it's already it's already offside. And I'm not talking like it, it might be or might may or may not be offside, but some of them are like two three yards off. They've been told to keep the flags down, they carry on playing, and then somebody has a, somebody has an injury because they're coming back to to, to play. Actually, the game should have been stopped, and there's no, there's no real, there's no real reason to carry on. It just seems, it just, it just, just seem, it just seems strange. And it do, I don't know. It just seems to be the offside bit that's becoming, or anything that's contentious with a, with a line that isn't the goal line. So was his foot on the line when he uh, got was tackled, or um, is he leaning over more than the other guy in front to be offside? I think, I think that's the big thing now. VAR seems to make contentious decisions more contentious as opposed to. VAR should be there to make contentious decisions less contentious. I think that's the big issue with it now. But and a, a lot of a, a lot of it is because arms are offside, and and, and you would say, well, that was that used to be level. And a, a, I feel like a lot of the anger is directed towards, well, this isn't what football was before, and all people are for VAR, but they're not necessarily for all the changes that VAR bre- uh, brings. So I think that's just going to be. A, a, I feel like it's just going to be a, a, a time a time thing that it, and maybe another season goes by and. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, I 
Are we? Uh, what? What's, what's left to talk? What's left? There's nothing left in the footballing world, is there? No, that's it. We. Uh, I mean, my, I, I, we would. We could carry on, but I'm, I'm very concerned that a it's half past nine, and b my phone I'm probably on about three percent. I mean, just the last few things, like the, a lot of the county championship was postponed because of snow, which I probably don't think has happened in a very long time in the cricket. And then, yeah, and yeah, then the other the thing, snow. which I, it's the first time I've ever watched Conor Ben fight, and he has very fast hands, but my God, is he an absolute arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a sensible person doesn't get that. Not at his age. Do they? <laughs> conf- no. confident, confident lad. Bloody hell! Oh, I was, just these post-fight interview. Oh, I thought, bloody hell! No wonder Eddie Earns put you loud down on the. I bet he can't be bothered picking up the phone. He knows it's bloody half hour. I think he's going to be on with you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. I mean, they, they keep teasing the Anthony Joshua stuff, don't they? And Fiore. But... I thought that was supposed to be this week. Or last, what did they say it was last week, this week? No. They keep saying It's been next week for, for about in- a few months now, hasn't it? But, I mean, it looks like they are both both in training, aren't they? Well, well Fiore, Fiore looks in good shape on what I see of him in, on Instagram. It, do you think he was lying when he said he was drinking 16 pints of... I think you. I, oh, I do think he was lying, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah. Well, we'll see where that. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully soon there'll be an announcement, won't there? Fingers crossed. And with that, and with that, yeah. I'll tell you what, will be good, Ross. If they put the Fury Joshua fight the night of the Euros final, obviously, obviously England will be in it. The Euros final. Euro's final followed by uh, Joshua Fury. Barbecue at yours or all day yeah. barbecue at yours. And the, last be a good day, when, the last time I did a barbecue for an England match, I fell asleep 20 minutes into the England match because I'd had so much to drink. So I'm not sure from my own sporting experience that, that, would, be, that would be very good for me. But yeah, but yeah, I'm op- I'm open to the possibility. I now have a gas barbecue, so I I can cook on gas, as they say. Oh, God. so yeah. yes, so it is a possibility. I it's mean, going it, knowing our luck, it'll be a December fight. <laughs> then we stood outside in the snow, cooking a burger. But Pro- promise is a promise. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah, always a pleasure. See you Until later. Next time. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M A N C T H R E, and keep listening for more new podcasts every week.